Welcome back to the Rediscover the 80s podcast feed and another episode of Rankem, the show that remembers your favorite things from the 1980s in a fun countdown format. I am your host, Jason Gross, and joining me for tonight's podcast is a voice and face you will recognize if you watch us over there on YouTube. It's my longtime friend and frequent podcast partner, Mr. Wyatt Bloom. How are you, sir? Doing wonderful. This has been a long time coming for the Rankum. We haven't done these for quite a while, so I'm ready to jump in and uh, rank some shows. Right. Tonight's episode actually is about a year in the making as I set out to review movies, which we did with uh, Mr. Chatty Young from 1987. And we meant to do this uh, TV show podcast last year for the what would have been the 30th anniversary but what the heck you know we have the notes and here we are so we're gonna do our top five 1987 tv shows and uh we'll just have a great time doing that i'm looking forward to this right yeah i just want to pump up my uh my partner here for a minute as uh he does come over to rediscoverthe80s.com once in a while and and write some articles and even some reviews and uh, if you haven't been to the site, you need to check out the iconic cars of the 80s series that uh, he started and tell everybody a little bit about that. Well, what started out as really an innocent kind of an update to an article I'd recently read, well, recent being about two or three years ago since I started that article. It was the same title, Iconic Cars of the 80s, and it had a yellow IROC Z Camaro mm-hmm. on the front. And I'm like, you know what? There's other ones that... I would call iconic and what started out as literally looking for just a few cars turned into, wow, let's kind of expand it. We got the hatchback brigade is what I called one. We got the um, economy line. Uh, there was a couple other ones. I'm still actually working on it. My, uh, my work kind of kept me busy so I couldn't even follow through with a few more articles. But the idea was, like I said, you just start out as, the one of the ones I like was called the Hatchback Brigade, and it just talks about how the '80s seemed to be nothing but the really the awakening of the hatchbacks. And then I go through all the the small research that I got, just just really a synopsis of what the cars were. Some were, you know, exchanging. Uh, case in point, like Chrysler, they went from one frame style with the Dodge Omni and, and the Plymouth horizon, that, that style to the Dodge Daytona, all of other framework. And in fact, I, I didn't realize that the Daytona was a Mitsubishi underneath. That's when it started its partnership. I'll call it with Mitsubishi for a long time. I thought it was like an in-house Dodge competition because they still had, at least in my car, I had an 86 Plymouth Turismo, which was also the Dodge charger in that era. And then here comes the Dodge Daytona. So I was thinking, I was thinking like Dodge was doing an in-house. Okay, which one's the better hatchback? Which one does better <laughs> sales? Well, the Daytona has T-tops, whereas the the 2.2 guys over on on the Charger and Turismo, we get the big, huge sunroofs that Jason loved to hang out of. <laughs> so um, did. yeah, so it, it just kind of blossomed, like I said, from 
a couple cars. I'm, I was thinking like I'd just grab a a couple coupes like the Monte Carlo, and then maybe like I said the hatchback. So maybe the Dodge Daytona. Then then a couple things. It it's spawned if I yeah, can use yeah, that like word. Four or five different uh, articles there. Right, and I I think I have more than what's up here, but uh, like the. I called. I uh, started out with uh, the iconic cars of the '80s, which was the Coopers, so the actual two-door coupes. Then it became the economy class, and I uh, did some affectionate photos on the front. Uh, one for my good buddy Jason. I did for the Coopers, which was his his longtime racing NASCAR buddy, Dale Earnhardt, and just went on and on to things that we knew we would stand out. Now driving by, it's it's easy for me to see an 81 Ford LTD. I know that's an eighties car, right? You just can't miss right. it, you know? Uh, or just recently I've been passing by this guy runs it like an everyday car. It's an old 1981, 82 Buick, uh, Skylark two door. And this is, you know, back when, when the Chevy citation, that clan was around, that's the same framework. It's just a Buick probably has better options in it. Yeah. I'm like, I have, I'm applauding this guy. Keep it going, you know. Keep it strong. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I have more in my in my um, I'll call it my back pocket right now. Uh, I want to do trucks. I want to do vans. I want to do even specialty cars that that kind of are unique. Uh, I'll call it for the '80s, but I'll mm -hmm. keep that a secret until I can write my articles. Which sadly, <laughs> I realized I just the last article I wrote looks like it was in. 2016 so i'm a little behind a little behind yeah well i'm obviously i wanted to uh maybe uh get a little spark under you here to to keep that going but it's fun as i'm going back and watching some of these television shows and as we're now going back and uh and doing our rediscovered podcast on uh reviewing you know long lost tv shows movies and stuff it's fun to watch at least for me the vehicles and the cars that are driving around and and it was just such a unique era. And I I really appreciated those articles and, and kind of grouping them all together and, and seeing how unique the 80s were for just, you know, vehicles in general. So, yeah, like I said, I I, I try to capture the, the, the articles on the front, uh, kind of something either from a show or something that's easily recognizable. I want also to go tell people to go out to Twitter and follow Mr. Infamous WB as, uh, as he is a big part of these podcasts. So uh, go out and follow him. And he does uh, tweet out some stuff too that, that I really uh, haven't seen yet as well. That one that came to mind was that, uh, that mansion that had the airwolf sitting on top, you know, you, you tweeted that out. I was like, Oh, this is cool. This is like a, an actual mansion that was for sale that had like a, airwolf sitting on the roof <laughs> crazy stuff like that so go follow him over on twitter and uh, let's dive into 1987 tv shows here and before we get into our favorites i wanted to give a little context of the 1987 american television market we're going to briefly go over the top 10 shows as rated by the ac nielsen company for the fall of 87 through the spring of 88. Number 10 was The Wonder Years on ABC. Uh, I never really got into The Wonder Years. I remember it set, I think, what, back in the 50s or 60s. And uh, 
I don't know. It seemed like every era has that show, that kind of throwback show to a different era. And the eighties, you know, even with back to the future, you think about, you know, they went back to the fifties and happy days. That was, I think back in the fifties as well. So a lot of these shows tend to go back a couple decades that become popular. I thought it was, it's pretty cool like that. Uh, did you watch the wonder years at all? Is that no? That's not the one I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of Boy Meets World. I don't think I've ever no. watched the uh, other one. That was, uh, yeah, that was '90s. I think Boy Meets World. But uh, Wonder Years was Fred Savage, and uh, he went on and he was in a couple movies, uh, The no. Wizard, and uh, he was the little boy in um, Princess Bride that was yeah. reading the book. Oh, what else? He was in uh, Little Monsters too. I think that was early '90s. But yeah, uh, Fred Savage on the Wonder Years. Number eight was Murder, She Wrote. I remember catching up an episode here and there over at my grandmother's house on, I believe it was Sunday nights. It was like after football and after 60 minutes, which is actually number eight on this list. Those were two, I think, of CBS's pretty much top of the heap as far as uh, shows go. 60 minutes and Murder, She Wrote. I guess it could have been because it was after football, but anyway. I haven't revisited that at all. Number seven on NBC was Night Court. Now, I have gone back and watched some Night Court. Have not watched the full series, but I you've got some on DVD, don't you? I think I'm up to season two, maybe three. Mm-hmm. And I know I've said it time and time again, but the one that stands out is the one that I remember watching when you and I were kids. And that's the one with the turtle syndrome dude that walks in and takes forever <laughs> to walk in and even to speak and yeah. i've been looking for that and i need to go out and get some more dvds so i can find that stinking episode i think it was, was the most hilarious episode i've seen yeah there was oh my gosh that i just loved that show and yeah. it was a little over the top for me as a teenager as a kid it was <laughs> all the uh, dan fielding you know innuendo and jokes oh yeah but yeah i was i was really sad that uh that Harry Anderson passed away here recently and loved him on that show. I actually watched a lot of Dave's world. Same if you here. remember that show. Oh yeah. In the, uh, that was, that was like the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Actually it was more early, early nineties as while we were in high school, uh, just before we, we, um, basically went on to our adult years. Right. He played the, what's the author? Is it Dave Barry? I want to yes. say. Yeah. So that was a fun show, sitcom. And uh, yeah, I was sad that, that he passed away. You know what's funny, though? Me, me and looking at TV shows, right? Mm-hmm. That same set that they've used for Dave's World, I have seen. Oh, yeah. I don't know, countless times now. I'm like, they must really like that setup. With the with the stairs in the background going up the second floor and there's, the couch the and, background yeah. on the right in the living room, I'll call it. Yeah. And the kitchen's always in the left hand side. I've seen it. Right. I was trying to keep a mental list, and I of course bombed it. But uh man, they must have really liked everybody who seems to like this set. <laughs> yeah. Same kind of setup. A lot of lot of shows. Uh number six, who's the boss? Now that was on ABC. I I remember who's the boss, did not watch it very often i watched it a few uh, times for one reason um but never i'll say even <laughs> as fascinated as i am i didn't cling to it uh no pun intended uh but it just didn't the show itself never grabbed me just yeah her so Alyssa milano 
Yes. Uh, <laughs> and then number five is Growing Pains on ABC. Another one of those shows I remember catching an episode here or there, maybe even in syndication after it was done with its original run, but uh, not one of those go-to shows. Same here. I, like you, I've watched it here and there and in syndication flipping through channels on TBS or something, but that's about it. Right. And then number four, Golden Girls on NBC. This is another one I remember watching over at my grandmother's house. She loved those sitcoms and she would stay up late, late watching uh, reruns of the Jeffersons and Sanford and Son and uh, all in the family. I can't remember. It might've been on WPIX. I, I probably, it was one of those probably cable channels that ran the reruns. But uh, yeah, she loved the golden girls. And right after that, I think it was empty nest at some point. I think but, so. Yeah. Uh, I remember going back to back with those. I haven't revisited since, uh, really. I watched but, uh, Golden Girls quite a bit. I, I won't say I was uh, on it every week, but I know it quite often because I love that that comedy and yeah, just everything going back and forth. Especially you know them picking on poor old Sophia and uh, and um, oh what's Rose. her name Rose Rose yeah that was yeah I can say it all of oh shit. yeah <laughs> that kind of thing yeah they Dorothy loved to pick on Rose and uh, yeah and I loved. Estelle Getty, the you know the her mom <laughs> on this show, she I think she cracked me up the most. Oh yeah, and piggybacking off that, I remember renting several times the movie Stopper. My mom will shoot. Do you do you remember that movie with I've Sylvester only seen Stallone it once? But I remember her being in it. Oh, um, it's it still uh, just the same kind of character that she was on Golden Girls, just without the gray wig. Right, and. uh it had to have been early nineties when that came out, but I, I guess you could say that was a guilty pleasure <laughs> watching that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, number three cheers on NBC. I have gone back and watched the first probably season and a half of cheers in the last couple of years. Every once in a while when it was on Netflix, I'd put on an episode and I liked the earlier cheers. Um, but uh, I, I remember watching episodes kind of along the way. It was on for um, whatever, several, several seasons, maybe eight or nine seasons, it seems like, and enjoyed. Uh, uh, Woody was one of my favorite characters, but uh, obviously Norm, who was there the whole time, Norm and Cliff coming in, uh, those were probably my favorite characters on the show. Did you watch Cheers? Not very often. It was one of those hit or miss ones. I, I really not. I guess nothing ever grabbed me, so I never got into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the uh, number one and number two shows were kind of announced together. Number one was The Cosby Show, followed by A Different World, which I believe actually debuted in 87. And those were run back-to-back on uh, Thursday nights. And uh, I watched a lot of The Cosby Show, uh, a lot in reruns as well just throughout the early nineties in high school. And I remember going back and, and watching those shows uh, again, mainly over at my grandmother's house. Uh, I seemed to be over there a lot. She was, <laughs> she would pick me up after school or something, but uh Cosby show. Yeah. I, I love the Cosby show and uh, it was a natural transition for, I think it's Denise was the older daughter yes. that, that was, uh, uh, Lisa Bonet. Yes. Went to, uh, 
and went to college. So mm-hmm. that's where we got a different world. And that had some fun characters on there. The, the girl with the Southern accent, I can't remember what her name was off the top of my head now. And, uh, Dwayne, you know, um, Oh, his name with the with the round glasses. I do remember watching that the show. Hardison. Yeah. Yes. 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 You got it. Did you uh, watch the Cosby Show? And I watched both. Uh, I had to remember what a different world was, but once I saw Lisa Bonet, I I, re- I remember I watched it right after Cosby Show. I kept it. It was kind of like um, I know there's no likeness, but it's kind of like the Saved by the Bell and Saved by the Bell college years. I watched both. I, I, to me, I had to complete the, the the show or the see what was going on afterwards. So I remember watching it. I, I, I don't remember much of it, but I do remember watching it pretty regularly because I, I, I actually liked both Cosby and um, ja- uh, it was Jasmine Guy. She played Whitley. OK, yeah. yeah. And Sinbad was on that show, too, as the coach. So I, I remember that as well. I love Sinbad. I don't remember. I love to stand up. I don't remember Sinbad specifically. I remember there being a coach, but I don't remember Sinbad being yeah. the coach. Okay. Well, uh, that's the that's the top 10 of 1987. And uh, just a few fun little, we'll say, firsts or uh, happenings in uh, 1987 television. Uh, I'm just going to give you a a few little fun facts we'll say now 1987 was when uh, Remington Steel resumed on NBC after Pierce Brosnan was recruited and won the role of James Bond and then NBC I guess unexpectedly renewed the television series and and essentially made him come back to the show and wait on James Bond which would be a few years uh, before he would get back into that role, so that was uh, that was the beginning of 1987 when that all went down. We had the whole uh, televangelist Jim Baker scandal, I guess you would say. That all went down in 1987. This was a fun one. Uh, a couple of facts about The Price Is Right: uh, it surpassed Concentration as the longest-running daytime game show in history. And 1987 was also the first year that Bob Barker came out with his gray hair. Yeah, he stopped dyeing his hair. I so, remember uh, that episode too because I remember them making fun of his. Uh, was it the big huge dollar bill? Because it was still dark hair, and I he think said so. something to the effect of, "I think we need to update this picture on here," or something to that effect. <laughs> right, and uh, they gave him like a standing ovation. Uh, that was a great moment in history. Oh, yeah. Um, this is also the year that Fox made its debut as a television network. And uh, we'll I, we'll get to one of those shows at least tonight. Um, but this was the year that Fox made its debut, uh, the Tracy Ullman show. And, of course, that spawned The Simpsons, which is probably the longest-running show in history that's not a – you know, like a daytime soap opera or something. <laughs> uh, so that was a, that was a pretty big deal. Uh, the long running show that Dick Clark hosted American bandstand. It had its last episode, which was its 2,751st episode on ABC. This is after 30 years. And then it would continue to run in syndication, but this was its last year for broadcast TV. 
So that was a kind of an end of an era there. And then, uh, what I found was interesting because I uh-huh. used to watch this guy. My son was listening to one of these spoofs, you know, for uh, Thomas the Train, and I hear the the intro, and I had not heard this intro since the TV show. Mm-hmm. And when I heard it, I'm like, I think that's Mister Belvedere. And sure <laughs> enough, I did some research, and that was the show. And and here it was canceled this same year on May sixth after yeah. three seasons. I liked old mr belvedere it was just a fun little yeah it was it was different sarcasm, if i remember right it's been since oh then. yeah i haven't watched it since then so i could be completely wrong but i remember there being some sarcasm in that. yeah he he pretty much told it like it is and he called people out if i do remember right he it was i don't know it's kind of played off i guess on his uh british you know background or mm-hmm. lifestyle or whatever but uh yeah, he was pretty brash with the with the family. Uh, I guess kind of in the same way. If you remember the show Benson, oh, way, I loved it. I loved that that lady was. that would always scream out, "I can still hear you." <laughs> yeah, well, he was always that way with the governor. So uh, I don't know if that was kind of in the same you know same wheelhouse there, but uh, yeah, no, that's a great pull that uh, Mr. Belvedere came to an end on that one. So. Well, we are. Uh, let's go ahead and get into our lists. And just for clarification, we are going to do just television shows without no animation. We'll maybe do another show for uh, for all the cartoons that debuted in 1987. So uh, we're going to just do our our favorite shows. And again, the ground rules for rank them are pretty much just our personal favorites. So this is not what we think should be at the top of a list or what maybe okay well this pulled in a lot of viewers so i gotta put this no it's just basically our personal preference our favorite shows that debuted in 1987 and uh, i'll give you the floor first sir what was your number five choice well i don't know if you remember this show i certainly do i don't know why it it fascinated me but i i liked it anyway Uh uh-huh Rescue 911. This program contains true stories of rescues. All of the 911 calls you will hear are real. Whenever possible, the actual people involved have helped us reconstruct the events as they happened. Oh yes. What's funny is I I went back here just the last year. I went back and watched you know Star Trek the original series, and watching Rescue Nine One One, I could not a hundred percent place where I had seen old uh, old Captain Kirk, you know, uh, where he was actually. I couldn't place him. I'm like I've seen this somewhere. I've seen his face. I could William Shatner. That's the name I'm trying to think of, but not think of where it was. And then here I am, thirty some years later. I'm like, oh, that's oh no, okay, now I know. Bingo, bingo. So a little delay. I remember that show. My dad loved that show, Mm -hmm. and it was, I guess, pseudo reality for the time it was in, but it was basically reenactments of, you know, things that happened, emergencies and, and all that. 
but he loved that show. And then he would watch an episode and it would be some kid that like, uh, you know, got stuck in a drainage pipe or something and they had to, you know, dig and cut him out. And then he would be, he would turn to me and go, all right, don't ever do something stupid like that. And don't ever crawl through drain. You know, he used it as like a tool to, you know, look at me and tell me, <laughs> not to do what just transpired, you know, right. on the television. So I definitely was not one of my favorite shows just for that fact. It put something in my dad's brain about something stupid that somebody did and how <laughs> my son could somehow repeat that, you know? So <laughs> I remember the show. Well, uh, as far as uh, number five for me, this was a show that was it was very intriguing, had an awesome theme song, but most of the time just scared the crap out of me. And that was Unsolved Mysteries. This program is about unsolved mysteries. Whenever possible, the actual family members and police officials have participated in recreating the events. What you're about to see is not a news broadcast. Tonight on Unsolved Mysteries... Ordinary people who claim they've seen extraordinary things. The boys' radio is turned on by an unseen hand. Nine months later, unexplained forces drove his family from their home. At an inn near Philadelphia, the head waitress sees a Revolutionary War soldier on the main staircase. In Atlanta, Georgia, the peaceful retirement of an elderly couple has been shattered by unexplained noises and apparitions. And on the Queen Mary, dozens of eyewitnesses claim they have seen or heard ghosts. Last month, parapsychologists tape-recorded phantom sounds of what some believe is a shipwreck that took place 40 years earlier. Unsolved Mysteries, of course, hosted by Robert Stack. It had those, well, you know, there was the, the missing persons type cases. And then there was always like a alien UFO sighting somewhere. And then there was like the ghost stories. <laughs> and those ones like freaked me out the most. And it was always on seemingly at the darkest time of the night. And <laughs> if you're watching it by yourself, you know, you're like totally freaked out. Uh, my, my wife and I, we actually went back just, I think it was early part of this year and started watching, uh, some of the episodes that they had put on Amazon and it's fun to watch them now, 30 years later, you know, they're not so scary and the, the acting is cheesy for the most part, but, uh, you know, they've updated everything. So if a case hadn't been solved or if it had been solved in the last 30 years, they'll tack that on at the very end of each little mini part of the episode. So it's kind of fun. We enjoyed watching it and we started season one and I don't know, we might just, you know, watch an episode here and there now, but uh, did you watch unsolved mysteries? I did. I remember listening to Robert stack, just do his, that creepy, intro trying to be kind of monotone but you could almost yeah. like uh, it's just weird but um ultra magnus i'm sorry uh, he was uh ultra magnus 
That's what I was going to just get to. I'm like, then I heard him like on on the the Transformers the original movie, and you hear him on Ultra. I'm like, wow, he's dynamic. Holy, <laughs> and then I, I love when he's like saying, "Dang it, open!" You know, you know, <laughs> he's like, "Did they just cuss in this movie?" <laughs> Holy cow! Yeah. And then of course the the basically the icing on the cake when we were watching. Remember the old uh, Beavis and Butthead movie? Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're just yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I'm not a fan of that type of language. But yeah, I, I, I forgot he was in there. Give it that it was, but I'm like, you can you, you do that? I thought you were just some you know dude that just like a, yeah. the crap like, out of us every Friday night or whatever night it was. <laughs> like you're just an announcer, or a yeah. cop or something, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, it, yeah, I forgot that he had that little cameo in there oh funny stuff all right uh what's your number four sir number four something we actually just covered ah we got the highwayman series And it was, I don't know, I only watched one episode. I was thrilled to buy it. And it was just, uh, after re-watching it here just recently, I'm like, why did I miss this? How did I miss this? Why did I not watch it? Mm -hmm. uh, I was late on the on the scene. My dad told me about it at episode eight. And, that, you know, there's 10 episodes, including the pilot. So I had two, one more really left. And I think it was done. But I loved it. I loved that that feel and i'm not going to take away from our other podcast you got to watch all, all the other podcasts <laughs> but it, it was still you got the night rider you got the vehicle that was the star and that's what i miss nowadays where the car is the star i miss yeah. i miss that piece that used to be part of the 80s that's why i was so thrilled when viper came out in 92 i'm like we got a supercar yeah. That's a Dodge, finally! Yay! <laughs> well, not finally, I guess the truck, the, you know, General oh, Lee was a Dodge. Way, but still, I mean, we get our yeah, 40, you know, supercar. So that was mine. It, I'm sorry, it makes ahead. sense. I mean, you know, every TV show back in the day had the, the, the main character or main characters had their car. You know, like you said, the Dukes, you know, even Daisy and Uncle Jesse and Cooter, I mean, you knew all their cars. Uh, the A-Team van, Simon and Simon, it, it, everyone, you know, Riptide had that huge pink, you know, uh, rescue chopper. And it seemed like every show had their vehicle. Miami Vice, I mean, yep. oh, gosh. But anyway, there's a lot of that that's lost. I actually just watched the trailer. I don't know if you've seen it yet. The trailer for the new Magnum PI series. It's debuting. I watched it, but I just saw the headline come across Twitter today. Yes. Um, I'm kind of interested in this one. They, <laughs> if they wreck as many Ferraris as they did in the trailer, he's going to have like a new car every episode. Oh, geez. <laughs> but they, they gave him like a new one and then he had to go back and he pulled out the, the, you know, the old, what is it? The GTS from you know the the original Magnum PI show that made an appearance. Oh wow! That thing gets demolished and pushed off a cliff in the trailer, and then they give him a new ride after that. So it's I understand. Well, they did keep uh, 
CT's helicopter and that same paint scheme. So oh, I was nice. happy to see that. So I we'll see. I'm I'm interested to watch it and see if you know how the the vehicles play into that show because that was part of it too. I love watching you know them go on the little mystery hunts and with CT's helicopter and, and you know needed and then of course the Ferrari that he always drove. But anyway, Howie Man. That was again one of those those uh, two rigs. You know, helicopters coming out, Lotus is coming out the back at least for the pilot, and uh, it was it was fun to rewatch that show. Nice. Uh, my number four, I'm going a little uh, in the opposite direction, I guess. Uh, and this was a, a kid based show that was on PBS. It's called Square One TV. <laughs> This was a fun show. It was almost like uh, Saturday Night Live for kids. It was a lot of sketches, a lot of little segments throughout the show. It had uh, like little game shows they would do. They would do one called, I think it was called Piece of the Pie. It was more of like a family feud type setup. And then they had other ones that were based on, it was all based on math and learning, you know. A lot of math in the show. They had uh, one of the my favorite segments was Math Man, who was like Pac Man, but he uh, he solved little math problems as he's going through the maze. And they had the evil Mister Glitch, who was kind of like the ghost, but he was a uh, like a tornado. <laughs> Mathman, your mission is to eat only factors of 18. When you encounter a number, you will have until the count of three to make your decision. And beware the ill-tempered Mr. Click. He will eat you if you are wrong. Mathman, 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 Mathman. Use your head. Yep. Yaha! Mathman, Mathman, factors of 18. Mathman, Mathman, Mathman. I love the show. The segment, I, probably my favorite segment was Mathnet, where they played off of Dragnet, and uh, the two would go out and they would solve, like, you know, math crimes. Like, <laughs> it's been so long since I watched an episode. But uh, I, I love Square One TV. I, I remember coming home watching that in the afternoons uh, after school was over. And it would suck me in for, I guess it was probably a 30 minute show, but each little segment was just a few minutes and, you know, made up the whole episode. There was another, uh, they had a cartoon character called Dirk Niblick of the math brigade. Uh, I remember that. And I mean, it was just, a, I don't know. It was just one of those shows that I just loved to death. Do you remember square one TV at all? I do. I, we had PBS. And it was quite prevalent in our area. So yeah, I, I remember Square One. I don't remember, I don't remember MathNet, but I remember quite a bit about. But I just, it was not one of my. I mean, I've watched it probably, but it wasn't mm-hmm. one of my top five, obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, MathNet. You had uh, the the actors were Joe Howard and Beverly Leach as George Frankly and Kate Monday, and then mm-hmm. there was another one that replaced her. 
she's been on a lot of like commercials and stuff that was Tuesday, Pat Tuesday, Tony DeBuno. That's her name. But anyway, that was a, I don't know. That's just one that um, I really enjoyed as a kid. And I've gone back and showed little segments of math man to my kids on YouTube, but that's about as far as I've gotten to, to uh, re watching the show. All right, let's go up to number three. What's your number three pick? Well, mine is Star Trek, The Next Generation. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. I am a Trekkie. I'm not a Star Wars. You can hate me now. Jason will hate me now. But I just <laughs> like the fascination that you get to see more more stuff going on with space travel and all that. I'm not a big fan on, well, Star Wars is the best way to put it, where it seems to be nothing but saber, you know, saber sword fights. The, the spaceships are all shooting at each other. There's a little bit of drama in between. But every story is about the same to me. I just don't get into it. I'm sorry, Jason. But I like Star Trek because you get them visiting other alien worlds. You get them to learning about them. Most of the time, they're bad guys, so they shoot them up anyway. Uh, they get the photon torpedoes and shields up and all that. But there is the in-between going on on a what would theoretically be a starship. What the drama, you know, red alert, battle stations and all that. I, I, I love that fascination and then there's still there's one movie i can't remember which one it is riker's at the control and it it this one i laughed out loud because this was like too corny they're they're in dire need the ship's like going down no controls are working and then he goes to manual override and a little joystick like a toy joystick you'd have in your on your old laptops back in the day pops up and he goes manual control and just on this podium like, are you kidding me? There's not. Okay. That one was lame, but it was hilarious. It, 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 like, okay. At least I thought a manual control override. There's no gas pedal. There's no nothing. So how do you even control the thing? You got but, your Atari 2600 hooked up to it, right? It was like one step above, but not by much. <laughs> it had a button on top, but I'm like, okay. At least they thought this through. So I, I liked it. I liked old Star Trek. Uh, both the old and, and the next generation. I even watched the Voyager when it came out. I liked it pretty well. What about you? Well, your number three, or what did you think about Star Trek? Well, start. I, it's I've mainly watched the movies, and I haven't really watched much of the television shows. I've watched an episode here or there over the years, but I've never really gotten into Star Trek. I'm, of course, the Star Wars person, as you say, and. I was more sucked into that world, but I can appreciate it and understand 
why uh, you like it more because, you know, you can do a lot more with a series that went on for several years and you have hundreds of episodes probably to its name. And pretty much if you were an actor, the time that Star Trek, the next generation was on, you had a guest part in there. Cause I know I, you could probably do a whole, you know, like uh, podcast on just the guest stars and episodes on the next generation. Oh yeah. Uh, countless. I mean, our buddy Murdoch, you know, Dwight Schultz was right. a regular, not so much on next generation. He went to deep space nine, but he still showed up there. Amy Allen was uh-huh. on there from, you know, from 18. Uh, I know so many people on that show. I've watched it like twice through here this last year. I'm like, man, there's just so many, you know, people. I yeah. swear it was like the catch all like, okay, we're, I'm out of work. Can you hook me up here? It was just <laughs> like that. Yeah. Even, even been... Bonnie was on there. Yeah. I dig to find her, but I saw her. Bonnie from Night Redder was there. Yeah. I can't remember which episode, but it was, I'm like, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, and, I, I yeah, know Night Redder's over, but that's bad. You think about the the cast itself. You had uh, Mr. Reading Rainbow there, LeVar Burton. Oh, yeah. You know, it's so, yeah. I mean, it was just one of those shows that, uh, uh, have you done your Star Trek episode yet? You know, it's like the talk around the the water cooler at some, you know, agency (laughs) where the actors meet, you know. Anyway, but yeah, I appreciate it. Like I said, I'm I'm on the opposite end of that spectrum, but uh, can appreciate the show. Uh, number three for me, I- I'm sticking in the kids' world, and I'm going with the Nickelodeon show called Finders Keepers. If you can find the hamburger hidden in this picture, then you can win a run through our prize-filled house, where what you find is what you keep on Finders Keepers! And now, here's the host of Finders Keepers, the man with a hidden talent, Wesley Finders Keepers was like a, a kid's game show. And you essentially, uh, you had two teams. The, the first part of the show was you had this uh, picture, like a hidden picture. And you had to, they give you clues and you had to circle it on your little teleprompter when you found it in the, in the hidden picture. And you got points and you got, uh, I can't remember how, how you got to the uh, searching the rooms. But you had this like two-story set. And there were several different rooms, probably, I don't know, maybe eight or ten total that uh, they would go to and the host would give you a clue and you had to find whatever you thought he was talking about in this clue. And kids would just, I mean, this was just like the ultimate show and premise for a kid who would just love to trash the room that, you know, would obviously have consequences with the parents (laughs) so it was fun that they would just you know dive in and they would hide the things wherever and then there they had like fun little themed rooms like there was like the egyptian room and there was the dungeon and there was frankenstein's laboratory you know (laughs) you had the bathroom you know they would hide stuff in the toilet in the sink and you'd have to dig through there it was almost like double dare but with just the whole you know the obstacle course is the is the show (laughs) but uh oh love finders keepers as a kid and just uh watching these kids tear through these rooms was really fun to watch uh do you remember that show 
I remember watching it in pieces, but it was not one that was in my my constant wheelhouse. Not not like yours, uh, but I do remember <laughs> it. I watched a lot of Nickelodeon as a, as a kid. That I watched like a fair amount, but I don't. I just don't remember that one. At least okay. In my my everyday. Okay. Well, that's fine. Uh, what was your uh, number two, sir? We're getting towards the end here. My number two is the one and only Married with Children. Love me some old Al Bundy. One of the favorite episodes that I have is a testament to how new Fox was on the market. And uh-huh. the whole family goes, okay, everybody, assume Fox viewing positions. And they all like have canes and, and aerials and coat hangers and all over the place trying to watch Fox. So it was hilarious. I loved old, old Al Bundy. Um, he was probably the antithesis of the, the American family man. Yeah. But there was something about it that drew me. I knew it was all fake, so I knew I wasn't, I mean, he was no role model by any means, but it was the fun of just the banter back and forth, the the constant stuff with with them jeering at each other, the neighbors. Oh my gosh, yeah, Steve Uh, and uh, Marcy. Marcy. Oh, I love them going back at each other. Oh, what was his name? Oh yeah, Uh, it'll come to us. Yeah, it was just, it was, it, I think he was more of a dunce than, than he was supposed to be. Uh, it was just the, the comedy of all of it, the stunts, like the, him, Al Bunny falling off the, the roof and just his, his yell. And I still remember they had this on the reunion and I still remember like they had to take like, I don't know, they said something like four or five takes so that everybody could calm down and get the take right. And you still see. When Santa hits, you know, falls, you still see old old Ed O'Neill, Al Bunny going just just a real quick, like he's having to wipe the smile off because he he wants to laugh at this. Just the whole thing. And then you know the family man, even though he drove a freaking Plymouth, he always called it the family Dodge. So uh, it was fun to see my old, even though it was trashed according to them, you know, piece of junk Dodge. I loved it. I, I just loved old. I don't know. In fact, I was on a date many, many years ago, not with, it was many years ago before Julie. <laughs> and we happened to be in a restaurant and uh, the girl's mother was there with us. Italian restaurant. And all of a sudden, totally me, the, the song plays over the speakers. No idea what happened. No idea what the conversation was after that. Because the whole time I'm sitting there going, love and marriage. No. <laughs> I was thinking the whole thing. I don't know what they were talking about. I, I was <laughs> but it was awesome. What about you? What What do you remember about old uh, uh, Married with Children and Al Bundy and the whole gang? Well, let me tell you what I remember about Married with Children. Uh, after I tell you my number two pick. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> my number two uh, on my list is uh, MTV's Remote Control. Kenny wasn't like the other kids. Remote control. TV mattered. Nothing else did. Girl said yes, but he said no. 
I guess I'm, I've got game shows on the brain for some reason. But uh, well, that uh, is a setup for our, one of our next memory joggers. Just saying. True, true. Yeah, we are gonna we're gonna go through our our favorite game shows. But uh, MTV's Remote Control was was so much fun. It was just an unconventional game show. You know, the contestants sat in their like easy chairs as they you know answered the questions uh, on this like old fashioned TV set. You know, was the game board, and they chose a channel. You know. And they would, it would be, you know, like TV trivia and music trivia, movie trivia. And once in a while, you'd have uh, one of the, the people on the show. I mean, it was hosted by Ken Ober, but you had like other <laughs> people. It seemed like just, they were just pulling people off the street that would come in and, and like either act out the question or do like a little skit. Uh, and I think this was one of, uh, Adam Sandler's early appearances was being on this show and you had Colin Quinn and I, I probably Dennis Leary, some of those MTV type people uh, that would come on and, and do the, the funny little skit. And uh, as they got through the show, you know, and then they had the snack break where they held the bowl over their heads and they would get like pieces of ham that would fall out or popcorn <laughs> or it was just like random stuff. It seemed like. Uh, I don't even know if half of it was edible. And then, you know, once they got through that, well, the other fun part too was when each round they would get rid of uh, one of the contestants and they, you know, their chair would like go through a wall <laughs> behind them, you know, or they'd get launched or whatever. They would uh, have their little uh, moment to uh, exit the show. And that was always fun. And then the the bonus round at the end, you would always uh, be on this craftmatic uh, adjustable bed, and you had like I think it was maybe ten TV screens that were turned every which way, and there was a number on each one, and they would show you a music video on each different screen. You had to kind of turn your head to <laughs> see some of these. Some of them were like upside down, I think, and you had to go through. And pick out, you know, that's uh, Duran Duran Rio, and that's, you know, Peter Gabriel Sledgehammer, and number three is uh, Run DMC and Aerosmith, Walk This Way. And you had to go through and identify each music video, and you'd win a whatever trip to Disneyland at the end or <laughs> whatever they were giving away. But I don't know. It was just a fun show. It was a nice little break in between, you know, the music videos as – MTV eventually got rid of them all together. But back then, you know, you had these little half hour shows that would pop up once in a while and uh, love remote control. I remember the Nintendo game. I actually <laughs> bought a copy last year just to play it uh, with some friends of mine and uh, uh, loved MTV remote control. Nice. So that was my, uh, my number two. Did you watch remote control at all? MTV? Not really. MTV was not not something I watched in the eighties. It was closer to the I'll call it the early nineties before I started really watching MTV. I don't think it was actually part of our package, to be honest. I think uh, we didn't have it until yeah, until it was early nineties when we were on the satellite dish, and that's how I grabbed MTV. Gotcha. Okay, sir, we're at number one. I kind of hinted at what mine is, but uh, go ahead with yours. righty. we gotta do it. My two dads. This is me, Nicole Bradford. Cute, huh? This is my dad, 
And this is my dad. How'd I get to, Dad? They inherited me. Congratulations. It's a girl. Here's the judge who brought us together. She lives in our building. My building. I own it. She's going to make sure we're one big happy family with one dad who's down to earth and one dad with his head in the clouds. I, I think we're father of the year. You can count on me. I knew that, that was coming. My favorite show, primarily for the little girl, well, now, big girl, <laughs> uh, Stacey Keenan, who is uh, one that captured my heart. Sorry, Julie. Um, <laughs> back in the day. If you've heard on podcast before, she really got it. But then I got actually sucked into the show. So uh-huh. the girl was the bait, I'll call it. But it was actually a great show. You had Greg Evigan and Paul Reiser. Reiser. It mm-hmm. was, they were just uh, a fun bunch, really. They're p- playing all the, the, you know, the two dads. And, it, you know, back in the day, that was kind of a almost a taboo trial because the the presumption, if you weren't, aware of what the show was about was two gay guys but the whole thing was you got two people that essentially knocked up the same woman but they don't have the dna test to figure out whose kid (laughs) she is and mama's dying or dead and here's uh nicole getting custody into two dads and the judge who is played by uh florence stanley she basically sets them up and tells them to you know, basically be the the parents for, for her. And the, just Paul Reiser's comedy, I know a lot of it was probably scripted, but the way he executed it was just hilarious. And then yeah. bouncing it off of Greg Evigan, it, it actually worked out. He was the artist that basically had no job. And he came up with the funky, cool furniture. The He had the bicycle table. Uh, he had that armchair which is like the looked like the front end of an old 40 uh ford coupe or something like that it was just cool what he would mm-hmm. kind of make up as they went but yeah that was my show uh, i actually came across this uh season one i guess it's been a few years now but i started watching it just to see it i'm like this this was hilarious dip buckus one of the football greats yeah. back in the day he filled in there as well in fact the judge uh kind of piggyback on her again she got kind of a reputation because everybody knew she was judge she she came she delivered that character very well and i think she got picked up on a uh, it seems around in my mind she got picked up as a judge played you know different name but same judge in a different sitcom like one-off mm-hmm. afterwards but uh but yeah i've been fascinated with stacy obviously you've heard our our <laughs> podcast enough but this th- the show was actually great it wasn't that you know, she sucked me in, and but it turned out great. Just like she sucked me in with um, the newest one, the step by step that she was on, and it turned out to be a decent show. So I started watching it too, not just for her, but yeah. Well, they, no, and I obviously it was not a, a show that I watched very often. I know you're I, <laughs> I do like Paul Reiser now. Paul Reiser, he's still going strong. Like he was in the uh, the second season of Stranger Things. This past year, oh, I didn't uh, watch that series. You you really do. It's it's a fun little trip. It's you know it's a little on the edgy side and as far as like horror and sci-fi, but uh, oh, it's so good. And he was uh, he had a part in that. He's also in a show called Red Oaks, which is on Amazon that I have watched now. 
I think it's up to the third season. It was only like maybe five or six episodes and it's kind of trailed off, but he plays, uh, he's in that uh, show as well. And I love his character in there. It's kind of like, uh, it's set in the eighties. It's almost got like a Caddyshack type feel. They're at this Mm -hmm. country club and he is one of the, uh, he's like the president of the club for a while. And he has to go to jail because they, I think they get him for tax evasion or something. Anyway, he, he plays a fun character in that show. So I appreciate him. And what was the show that he was in forever uh, with, um, with what's her face? Uh, gosh, it ran forever. Uh, I think it was an NBC show. It wasn't one that I watched a whole lot of back in the day, but I know it ran for a long time. Mad about you. Mad about oh, you. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, so he was on that. Several, several seasons. I think you might even her him or uh, Helen Hunt, who who played his counterpart in there, uh, might have won some Emmys and uh, lots of awards. And I know it was a, a pretty popular show. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, more fan of him, I guess, than uh, <laughs> than you than the the show itself. But uh, I, I knew that one was coming. I, you and Stacy Keenan, I knew that was coming. Well, time to get to my number one, and like yes. I alluded to before. It is Married with Children. That show was prompted to me mainly by my dad. And I think his appeal was probably 50-50 with Al and his antics with the family. And then, of course, Kelly and all of the hot girls that they would bring on there, you know. (laughs) every episode and you know it got to the point where okay when is the hot girl going to come in if you were looking away all you had to do was hear the you know the crowd in the background when oh yeah when kelly or one of them would uh (laughs) come on stage but uh uh, there's just so much to love about that show you know just the way that bud always nudges kelly into stuff and just totally makes fun of her and she's just oblivious you know to to his little antics most of the time. And then, oh gosh, you know, Al going into work at the shoe store and all of his little encounters there with, <laughs> with the patrons. Yeah. And he just, again, he held nothing back. He was in hell. He was in, Oh yeah. <laughs> he was in the, uh, you know, probably the lowest job on the planet and he didn't care. So <laughs> when some of those ladies would come in, uh, there was a there's a reel on YouTube I watched recently, and I just laughed and laughed and laughed for however long it was, ten minutes or fifteen minutes, just of him, you know, berating these people. Two, four, six, eight, go make fun of our way. One, two, three, four. You're gonna fall through the floor. <laughs> this year, I am finally going to win the neighborhood decorating contest. Are you gonna stand out front and be the little drummer boy? <laughs> Think you're going? Aren't you open? Sorry, ma'am, but unlike your mouth, we occasionally close. Is <laughs> it just a second here? Now, why don't you just buck, 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 buck out of here? A shade of blue. I'll tell you what I'll do then. We'll stand you in front of a mirror. I'll begin strangling you. When you reach the shade of blue that is satisfactory to you, you yell moo and I'll stop. <laughs> I'm taking my business elsewhere. 
May I suggest Jenny Craig? Hi, honey. <laughs> Did you miss me? With every bullet so far. Wow, nice wheels. But you have to realize, stealing cars is a felony. So it's pretending to be that kid on Home Improvement. It's something you can't get away with today, obviously. No. And that's what made it so, even back then, it was just so eye-opening. Uh, whoa, they can do that on TV? You know, right. stuff like that. And that's what Fox was when it first came on the air. It, it pushed the envelope and then uh, mailed it and shipped it to, you know, wherever. It was uh, It was just one of those edgy shows. And it, it was just fun, you know. <laughs> You know, Al just in seemingly pain, you know, and he'd come in and plop down the couch and stick his hand down his pants there in the front and <laughs> and Peg would hit him with something. He was just like, oh, really? <laughs> just give Pretty me much. some peace. Just give me some peace and quiet. That's all he wanted. Uh, but he never got it. And then, you know, Marcy and Steve next door, Marcy especially, she was always on him about stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was just a fun show that I have gone back and watched some. I don't own it on DVD, but I have watched since its original run in oh, I, uh, reruns and stuff. And I, I think you you own probably the whole series, don't you? I do. I was on that DVD craze when it hit, and I bought every single, I think, seven seasons of it. Wow. And I love me. And I, what I need to do, what I used to do back in the day, was actually sit with a well, VCR and a little uh, TV tube here record all the sound bites that I thought were funny into the mm-hmm. computer. And I need to be doing that again. Cause I still have a few. Yet I still <laughs> play with Jason quite a bit. Like don't look back the next time I ask you to open the garage door for me either. Cause if you do, <laughs> you might see the mighty Dodge emblem bearing down on you. <laughs> <laughs> My lips. Don't tax beer. So I see you're hurting. So I want to say this to you and I want to say it sincerely. Blah, blah. Ha-cha! <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that that was another part of Al that you know the whole premise for the show is you know he's this uh, high school football star and uh, he's set out to conquer the world and then Peg happens and <laughs> pregnant and you know starts the family and doesn't get to uh, embark on his uh, his high school career and even his uh, his bowling you know oh my gosh watching Al Bundy I modeled myself after Al. <laughs> for years in high school, you know, you get the ball, you hold it up, you Steve, give it a little, no, right? you gotta, you gotta wipe it down a little bit with the hand and he's got to kind of caress yep. it a little bit. And then you just, you know, let it go, turn around real quick, stay right. You know, and then <laughs> the pins fall down. Uh, there's just little stuff like that, that, uh, <laughs> You pulled out from the show that it stuck with you over the years. And, you know, those sound bits are. <laughs> I still do it to gold. every now and then. We'll be pre or post game on this and we'll, I'll play a few on here. Shut up, Peg. That's it. Yeah. That, that one gets me every time. Uh, <laughs> and then even when he, it was in Wayne's world when he was the, uh, the, the the owner of the diner or whatever you know and he would he had that little part where he talked to the camera you know and i'm like this is al you know 
I still, I'm sure I've seen it. I'm sure I picked them out when it happened, but I, I guess it's been so long since I've seen Wayne's World. I don't remember this scene. Oh yeah, it's he, he he's in there, and he, you know he probably got stereotyped as that character for the rest of his career after that. But he did. I know he. I didn't know he was a cop or played a cop before he played on Married with Children, and then oh, I was going to say I remember very vividly. This was probably 2000, maybe 2001. He was the star of the reboot of Dragnet on, uh, I think it was on ABC. I love the theme song on that, the, the remake of that theme song. And I think it only lasted maybe one season or two. But, you know, he did the whole Joe Friday uh narration you know at, at the beginning of each episode and it was just kind of like a csi type show uh ethan Embry was his partner and oh it was great and it was kind of funny that ethan Embry was his partner they were both in that movie um dutch have you ever seen dutch no oh my gosh dude i can't believe you haven't seen dutch we gotta put that on the list it's been a <laughs> while since i watched that but uh yeah, so that show, when that was rebooted, I remember me and my wife watching that religiously uh, each week, and it was great. We both loved it, but it, it didn't last very long. So that was one time where he got kind of out of that Al Bundy character. He was actually a cop, you know, and the the drama, you know, you're just waiting for him to drop a line, but, you know, he never does. It was more just kind of in passing, but uh, it was great. It was a great show. Anyway, that's uh, that's about it for our list. Do you want to do uh, some quick honorable mentions? Well, I, I guess there wasn't too many honorable mentions uh, for me. Mm -hmm. I, I know that Full House debuted. It was a hit mm -hmm. or miss for me. I uh, didn't watch it quite all that much. Um, I mean, I knew the characters. I knew enough of them. I knew the twins. But it was not not my wheelhouse by any means. Yeah, same here. The ones that I put down, a couple of them were on your list. Obviously, the Highwayman and Rescue Nine One One. I did have that as an honorable mention. Most of mine were uh, game shows. <laughs> Again, broken record here. Uh, Win, lose, or draw. That debuted. I remember watching that oh, a yeah. lot. You know, the was it Burt Conby, I think, was the host, and Burt Reynolds was always on there, and. Who was the other ones there? They had a few like handful that were just always the celebrity guests on the show. So I remember watching win, lose or draw. There's also another kid's show called I'm telling that's just ingrained in my brain. And it was mainly a brother sister team. If I do remember correctly, uh, going against another team and they would, uh, I think maybe answer questions or trivia or something, but the, the, the end game is what I remembered it was like this uh, half circle platform of prizes. And they had one of those old kind of red police lights, you know, at each one with a, with a button. And at the end of the game, if you were the winner, you went up and you like picked, I think there was like 10 choices for the girl and 10 choices for the boy. And you picked for your brother or sister uh, which prizes that they thought they would personally want. And if you got it right, then the light lit up. And uh, anyway, go look up. I'm telling if you don't remember that one, that was, I remember watching that. That was like a, 
I think it was like a Saturday morning, like late Saturday morning show. And then another one that I'll end my uh, honorable mentions with, it was a game show called Bumper Stumpers. Now, this one was very, very unique. And I remember watching this mainly on the USA Network when they ran all their game show reruns in the in the afternoon. This was probably in the 90s. But Bumper Stumpers was license plates. And they, it was like kind of like vanity plates, you know, when you're yeah. driving down the road and you're trying to figure out, well, what does this license plate say? They made a whole game show out of it. I think it came out of Canada. And, oh, I, I don't know why it just sucked me in, but I, trying to figure out those plates. And I don't even remember much about, you know, the show itself and how, you know, people won prizes and stuff. I just remember that was a, that was a game show I watched a lot of. Anything else for you? Before we wrap? Not really. I think we okay. pretty well covered it. I know the well, next yeah. episode we want to do is probably the cartoons. Yeah, I, I do want to do uh, the cartoons. And, you know, maybe we'll jump uh, into 1988 since we're at the the 30th anniversary this year. Uh, or we can stick there, whatever we want to do. I'm trying to get uh, a couple other guests actually on the show as well to do movies and uh, maybe jump into something uh, other than uh, what we could watch, uh, music or you know something like that. So uh, if you're interested, if you like the podcast or something, you want to hit me up, uh, Jason at rediscoverthe80s.com, and uh, I'll get you one on one of these uh, Rankum shows, and we can have a little fun uh, with that. But uh, in the meantime, thank you, sir, for uh, for joining me tonight, as you always do. It seems like <laughs> anytime. You know, I'm always available for. Any type of trip down memory lane. Right. Uh, so go follow Wyatt over there, infamous WB on Twitter, and uh, go check out his uh, Iconic Cars article series on rediscoverthe80s.com. And uh, thank you, sir, for, for joining us. And uh, we will sign off for now for Rankum. And hope you will uh, join us again next time and then check out the other shows in our feed now. The new Rediscovered show. And then, of course, the Memory Jogger podcast. We're going to be getting back into that soon as well. So uh, go check those out on the feed. Check us out on YouTube. And uh, if you watch us on YouTube and you're not listening to the podcast, go listen to the podcast because I do a little bit of production work in there to, uh, to make them fun to listen to as well. So, uh, But anyway, this is Jason signing off for now. And we'll see you next time right here on Rankem. <laughs>